Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. I am energized and ready to tell you about today's show. Today, we're going to talk about cigars. So let's explore the world of cigars together with my guest today, Scott De La Pena. We will go over the different cigar styles, the importance of aroma, pairings, accessories, countries of origin, and whether or not the Cubans have fallen from grace. Before we get into our topic today, if you happen to have missed last week's show, it was a great show. We were talking about equal pay debunked, why men out-earn women with my guest, Dr. Warren Farrell. Men forfeit balance for pay. Women are not loved more because of money. Why high-profile women choose to focus on equal pay rather than what it really is, which is what their real gripe is, which is parental leave protection. They want their job protected when they, you know, to take a maternity leave. That and more, it's a must-listen listen show. You can listen uh, very easily either on my new mobile app uh, at the Google uh, Store, Google Play Store, and also on iTunes. Um, and if you... You can also listen on demand through SoundCloud and TuneIn. Very easy to find. Just type in the Men's Advocate Show, and all those links should come up for you. And or uh, go to my Facebook fan page, same name as the show, the Men's Advocate Show, and we hope you will join us there. So let's hop back into our topic today about cigars. So tobacco enthusiasts have smoked cigars since the Mayans created Sea cars in the 1100s and Christopher Columbus first introduced tobacco to Europe after exploring the New World in 1492. The prestige of cigars, despite their multinational history, has never gone up in smoke during all these centuries and they still remain a symbol of decadence, relaxation, and pampering to this day. While smoking any cigar appears elegant, the astounding amount of tobacco blends, leaves, and national varieties can make finding the perfect cigar nearly impossible. That's why we are joined today by my guest, Scott De La Pena, to help define the cigar world. Welcome, Scott, to our show. Glad to have you here. Thank you for having me, Linda. Happy to be here. Thank you. All right, so after a 20-year career in the entertainment industry, Cigar left an executive position at Sony Pictures to start a cigar company. Scott, tell us a little bit about your What made you do the switch, and how did you know you could navigate the choppy waters of the cigar world? Uh, I had no idea. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, after spending uh, 20 years in the film industry, uh, a very successful career, uh, just decided in the middle of a contract at Sony that uh, I was ready to move on and uh, try something new and had always been uh, an aficionado and my family was uh, in tobacco in Cuba. And so when Castro took over, uh, my two uncles, one was in the Cuban film industry, the other was in tobacco. Uh, we, our side of the family followed my tío Roberto here to Los Angeles and just went into the film industry. Mm -hmm. The rest of the family stayed in Miami and my, my tío Rogelio continued to roll cigars and work in the, uh, with tobacco. So, so it was kind of a, uh, uh, just a, seemed like the, the right thing to do, the natural thing to do. Um, you know, having been in entertainment, I understood branding and very well, uh, but knew nothing about starting a business or a company. <laughs> mm -hmm. So just kind of dove in, took my, took my, uh, I negotiated a buyout in my contract and took that money and, and, uh, started the business, uh, and have been learning ever since. Nice. So your uncles landed in Miami, not, not Tampa. Uh, no, in Miami. Yeah. He was in Miami. Because there, there's, Tampa's actually known, you know, oh. quite a bit for their cigars. In fact, a couple of years ago, I visited Tampa. It was pretty fun to go on the tours and everything. 
Definitely. It's it's definitely known as the cigar capital for, for the United States, Tampa. Yeah. Uh, but he stayed in, in Miami and just uh, did very well for himself, just rolled private selection cigars out of his house, uh, put my cousins through college, and nobody else went into the business. I'm the only one. So Nice. I'm sure he's proud to have that legacy. Uh, he's long gone on, so <laughs> hopefully he's he's looking down. Yeah, proud of that. That's awesome. <laughs> so what did you learn a lot, uh, during your journey about how difficult it might be to start a company, much less a cigar company? I mean, all the usual uh, challenges that you're going to face as an entrepreneur and a, a business startup. You know, I, I fortunately had a, a good amount of money that, that I was able to purchase a, a, a large amount of cigars. And then I just basically went to work on social media and, and self-branded. I didn't spend a dime on, on, uh, marketing, which, you know, hindsight, Mm -hmm. I might've done a little bit differently. Um, uh, and then made friends along the way within the industry, uh, got connected very early on with a, with a factory down in Nicaragua with a young Cuban guy, Noel Rojas, who he and I worked together for the first four years, uh, while we were both growing and uh, had a very good relationship and a very welcomed, uh, successful blend, two blends that, that he and I did together. Uh, nice. Yeah, Hermosa Cigars, the original, and Tierra Santa, the, the, the second offering that we have. Very nice. Yeah. So what lessons from the film industry could you apply to your cigar business? Were there any crossover talents or experiences that kind of made it easy to make this transition uh no Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, yes and no i mean obviously you 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 learn you know having worked with all of the major preeminent filmmakers in the business uh you learn a rapport um you, you handle yourself gracefully in a room you negotiate and navigate situations uh a lot better than you would if you had no experience in that situation. I was always uh, very client-oriented, so it was kind of a natural progression into uh, the sales and marketing aspect of my business. Yeah. Uh, but the the nuts and bolts, the stuff that I never had to worry about in the film industry, you know, you just call an assistant and, hey, I need this, and it was there. Right. Uh, now I'm the personal assistant, I'm the sales and marketing, I'm the accountant, I am the <laughs> accounts payable, shipping and receiving, you know, you name it. <laughs> I know. It, it seems like when people graduate from a nine-to-five job and they think that they're going to be self-employed and have all this extra time and can do whatever they want, it right. seems like the exact opposite happens. You're, you know, working yeah. like 14 hours a day, seven days a week. It's like, who yeah. signed up for this, right? It's <laughs> crazy. And when you're not actively working, your mind is constantly engaged, so you're, you're, you're never really resting. But I wouldn't trade it for anything. That's awesome. If you've just joined us, you're uh, currently listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. You are on with my guest today. uh, He's the owner of Hermosa Cigars. His name is Scott De La Pena. We're going to catch you right back after the break. I welcome your call-ins. You can call at 951-922-3532. Again, that number is 951-922-3532. Or from my mobile app, just go to Listen Live and call now. Just press that one button and it'll dial it for you. So we'll catch you right back after the break. We're going to talk a little bit about um, the most expensive cigar and what makes uh, cigars uh, quality. Okay? We'll catch you right back after the break. Hey guys, do you have a nagging problem that you just can't get a handle on? Now you can talk to an expert coach right in the privacy of your own home. 
Meet in person, over the phone, or with a free Skype call anywhere in the world. Linda is here to make it easy for you. Linda Gross has done years of academic research combined with interviewing over 20,000 men. Linda's expert advice gets you through tackling relationship issues, business goals, conflict resolution, and removing lifetime roadblocks that have kept you back, usually handled in four sessions or less. Realize the benefits now. Go to the Men's Advocate page slash coaching and you'll be on your way. That's themensadvocate.com slash coaching. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases, and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We will be discussing men's issues, dating, relationships, sex, women, fitness, health, business, men's hobbies, men's rights, and more. She will be talking about excerpts from her men's book, Mastering Women 2. Google KMET Advocate and save to your favorites every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. We proudly rejoin our programming with The Men's Advocate Show with your host, Linda Gross. On KMET, 1490 AM, Smart Talk. Welcome back, everybody. You're currently listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. I'm so happy to have you here today. We are talking about the world of cigars with my guest today, owner of Hermosa Cigars, Scott De La Pena. So before the break, we were going to ask the question, what is the most expensive cigar? I did a little research on this, and it and it turns out that this cigar was sold at uh, auction. It's called the Mayan Cigar for the sum, a whopping sum of $507,000. And you might ask, why is this so darn expensive? Well, these C cars were discovered in Guatemala in 2012. And at the time of discovery, it was no less than 600 years old. So the archaeologists of Tampa University found a clay pot labeled Sicar, that's S-I-C-A-R-S, cigars, which means to smoke rolled tobacco leaves. And it's considered that this uh, is the word from which our current term cigar is derived. They're extremely well-preserved and can actually be smoked. Now, we don't know who would be willing to pay half a million dollars for a cigar and smoke through history, but I guess to each his own. Um, Scott, tell us a little bit about uh, any experiences that you might have with expensive cigars and are they worth it? Maybe something that you've smoked or one of your clients has smoked. Any stories to tell there? Uh, I, you know, I, I never really pay attention to price. Uh, it's, it's one of the perks of being in the industry. I, I rarely have to buy a, a cigar. Um, so I'm, I'm typically gifted cigars. Um, however, I, I do like to, you know, go in and occasionally buy cigars just to support our, our customers. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I've had some phenomenal cigars at, at $8 a cigar and I've had some phenomenal cigars at, at $30 a cigar, $40 a cigar. Um, and then I've had horrible cigars <laughs> with <laughs> the exact same price ranges. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, and ultimately, I mean, there's certain things that are uh, that are objective about a cigar. Um, it, it needs to be blended and balanced. Um, it shouldn't offend in terms of aroma, in my opinion. Some guys, you know, like to be obnoxious with their cigars. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I typically blend uh, so as not to offend a woman's olfactory nose, sensory, uh, and it just comes across better across the palate. I also, you know, I, I retrohale, which is you let the, the cigar smoke, you blow the cigar smoke through your nose. Uh, it's really the only way you can taste when you're, when you're smoking a cigar. Um, and I find a lot of people don't really do that anyway. Uh, but in terms of price, prices is, is really a, uh, it, 
tobacco is tobacco. So unless somebody's telling me that uh, you know they've got this very rare selection of tobacco that once it's gone, it's gone, and so they have, uh, put it at this price uh, specifically because of that limited availability. Uh, you know that the field is no longer there or something to grow the tobacco, or the conditions will never ever uh, replicate what they did in a particular year. Um, it's really just marketing, uh, increasing the value of your cigar. If, if guys are willing to pay $30 for it, who am I to, <laughs> uh, to disparage somebody who's charging $30 a cigar, $40 a cigar? Um, so would you say that the manufacturers are keeping a copy of the seed? In other words, it's not going to go extinct or something like that. And one of the articles that I read was saying that the reason why, one of the reasons why the Dominican has come in such prominence is because they actually took seed from Cuba. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. Yeah, so all. you know, if you if the if the mother gene is good, then the offspring genes might be good too. So Tell us yeah. your thoughts on that. Uh, ultimately, you have everybody is growing Cuban seed. Uh, you know, there's there's a few other varieties mm. uh, that aren't Cuban seed that that are pretty good tobacco. Um, but typically, Nicaragua is growing uh, Cuban seed. Dominicans growing Cuban seed. Honduras is growing Cuban seed. Um, even some places in Mexico, even though. Primarily, they grow uh, San Andreas, which is a, a really nice uh, Maduro wrapper. Um, but honestly, it, it comes down to the, if you're familiar with the term in wine, the terroir, which is mm-hmm. the term uh, where it's grown. Uh, the yes. The climate, uh, the soil, you know, all of those things come into play. And, and I think that, you know, there's definitely distinct differences between Corojo and Criollo, uh, Habano, um, but uh, primarily it's going to be where it's grown that that really affects its profile and how it's aged and processed. Now, does a good cigar have to be yielded from a tropical climate or are any American growers, you know, foraying into this industry? How Um, does that work? Oh yeah, there's there's American growers that are absolutely uh, phenomenal tobacco, are growing phenomenal phenomenal tobacco. Uh, Pennsylvania broadleaf, Connecticut, um, Kentucky, uh, they're all growing. Uh, I think Ohio has has some fields as well. There's a lot of uh, states that are, that are growing tobacco that are, that aren't exactly. Uh, tropical climates you're going to get a much uh sturdier leaf so to speak you know because it's it weathers through a little bit harsher conditions and their growing period isn't isn't uh isn't as conducive to uh down south Mm -hmm. now we've been hearing a lot of ground noise with regard to the Connecticut shade uh, grown wrappers. Tell us a little bit about this. Do you um, do you favor them? Do you think it's just a different style compared to Habano wrappers? Uh, Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, it's it's Connecticut. I haven't blended with Connecticut myself. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just know uh, the leaf. Uh, it, it's not particularly my favorite profile. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people swear by it, um, and I've tasted a couple of good blends that that were pretty good uh, about blending out some of the characteristics that I don't particularly care for. Um, and so, if you can do that, then uh, you know, by all means, I'd be interested in. And I'm, I'm, I have to say, I'm not particularly uh, drawn to its aesthetics either. It's it's kind of a, a coffee with too much cream color and, and too, mm-hmm. um, for me and then it's just way too thick and I mean you could literally bounce it off a wall and it's not going to crack uh, <laughs> it's it's just not my my cup of tea but a lot of people swear by it they love it I mean you, you look at uh, uh, who is it uh, 
still one of the number one selling cigars. Um, gosh, and my mind is drawing a complete blank right now. Uh, you'll you'll find them pretty much everywhere. Uh, Macanudos, mm-hmm. thank you, Macanudos. Yeah. yeah, they they've been selling those cigars, and I think it's still the number one selling cigar. Yeah, in the country. So who am I <laughs> to argue what sells? Um, just not my not my first choice. Right. So when you are creating a blend, if if we look to quality, what sort of uh, ingredients in the recipe would make for a quality cigar, in your opinion? I, you mentioned you mentioned aroma being one of the attributes. What are some of the other attributes that you would pay attention to? I mean, obviously, the first thing you're going to do is see the tobacco. So, uh, you know, I'm looking at the tobacco to see what kind of condition it is, uh, if it's been aged and processed correctly. Um, and then I'll roll, a, you know, a small cigarillo with a, one particular leaf. And then first thing I do before I ever taste it is smell it. Um, you know, there's yeah. not there's not too many foods that we eat that you smell it and it stinks, right? <laughs> yeah, to smell good. Uh, so that's important to me. Um, so right away, I, I smell it and I'll know uh, almost instinctually that that yes, I can use this or no, I, I have no desire. And then I taste it um, because I, I will still taste it even if I'm not drawn to the aroma. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if the taste is something that is very, very good, then I'll see if I can blend a couple of other leaves that ha- do have good aroma, and I can I can get a good aroma out of that, which I've Got been it. successful. Gotcha. Now, are they doing um, much like the wine industry, like with Meritage? Are they doing... Uh, uh, cigar blending, if you will, with different styles or different wrappers or, or uh, fillers or so forth. Tell us a little bit about what's going on in the industry with regard to blends. Uh, they, I mean, people are blending with every region imaginable. Uh, there are people blending with just a specific region. Um, so, I mean, you, you've got everything. I mean, if you go down the list of, of cigars, which is... You can't even count um, in terms of blends. Uh, everybody's doing something with everything. So you'll, you'll have a Connecticut wrapper with a San Andreas uh, uh, binder uh, filler with Brazilian Arapiraca and, and uh, Matafina. And, you know, was, I mean, it can go with Honduran filler and, and you know, whatever people, Indonesian, whatever people want to put in it, they will they will put in it i find uh that when you get a little too um just a little too extensive in that sense you you kind of you risk consistency Mm -hmm. uh, and it's going to be a pretty limited release you know i i I personally would would make that a very limited release you know just a whatever I was able to get my hands on in terms of tobacco for that particular role and then I probably wouldn't reintroduce it. So you kind of shoot yourself in the foot because if it's usually successful, you can't replicate it. Or, you <laughs> yeah. Sort of, so you can, but it's hard, it's hard it's to hard. do, right? Very hard to do. It's kind of like, um, so you're saying almost like the craft beer industry, you would make it quote unquote a seasonal. Right. It's a, like a special edition cigar, one off thing. And once it's gone, it's gone. And that's it. That's it. Exactly. And so every year you can offer a new offering, you know, this year is this blend. And, you know, I think uh, Pete Johnson, Tatuaje Cigars, he does he does that. He has limited releases every year at a specific time and, and he creates a, a blend for it. Um, and once they're gone, they're gone. So guys are lined up around the block to, you know, order those. Um, I, I'm more uh, in, in line with keeping it very Cuban, very traditional. My profiles are very Cuban in profile, uh, and I try to keep it consistent um, and so that, you know, it's a cigar that if you smoked it with your at your daughter's graduation and you pick it up five years later, that cigar is going to take you right back to your daughter's graduation, you know? Um, 
It's a memory creator. Correct. It, it, <laughs> I mean, it engages all the senses, so it certainly does that. Absolutely. If you've just currently joined us, you're listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. You are on with my special guest today, Scott De La Pena from Hermosa Cigars. We are talking about the wide world of cigars. So when we come back from the break, I wanted to share with you a little story about uh, David Off Cigars, and we'll continue more on this subject with the world of cigars. See right back after the break. Oh, by the way, let me put the call-in number in there. 951-922-3532. 951-922-3532. If you have a question or comment for Scott, please give us a call. Just want to escape the world, and you know just the place to do it. Round up your mates and head over to Henson Brewing Company, Burbank's premier craft brewery. Quality, complexity, and always easy to drink. Follow our progress and support us on Facebook and Kickstarter. Coming summer 2017. Henson Brewing Company. Come as you are. Hi, guys. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show. Linda Gross wants you to know what turns a woman, makes her go wild, so she just can't help herself. Check out Linda's book, Mastering Women, real truth about women that'll change your life forever. Linda gives you all the insider tips on how to catch a woman and, if you want, to keep her. In four easy steps, these proven techniques will make women just melt. Ever wonder why the girl you really liked seemed to be great when you met, then all of a sudden just goes cold on you and turns you off? Linda will also let you know what not to do on a date. Never blow it again by losing another hot woman. You don't have to be good looking or even have money. Her book, Mastering Women, is available in paperback and ebook. Men, Linda's on your side. So buy her book, Mastering Women. Buy it for now. And don't keep your women waiting another minute. Get Mastering Women today. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. Now back to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross on KMET 1490 AM, where men can be men. Welcome back, everybody. You're currently listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. Today we are talking about the world of cigars with my special guest, Scott De La Pena of Hermosa Cigars. I wanted to share with my audience a little story about Davidoff in London. One of the trips that I made to London uh, in the early 80s, I one of my favorite cigars at the time was Davidoff, so I wanted to visit their showroom, and it's a beautiful showroom. It's like two or three stories high, completely decked out. It looks like a five-star hotel. Anyway, I left my hotel, and on my journey to this place, I tried to get in, and they, they the, the doorman made some kind of excuse by appointment only or some such like that and pretty much turned me away and I was so upset because I really wanted to see this location and I came back later that afternoon and told the concierge at my hotel I couldn't get in and he goes what do you mean you couldn't get in in and I told him what happened and he says well he says give me a quote tell me what you said to them and and I'll see what happened so it turned out that the concierge didn't like the way I pronounced the word Davidoff. And apparently I must have said it the same way, the American way, uh, at the location as well. And they didn't like it either, so they made some excuse as to why they couldn't let me in. He says, uh, try it again, go, go again tomorrow, say it like this, and then let me know what happens. So sure enough, I go the second day and, and I pronounce it the British way and I get right in. So the British way, in case you're ever in London, is Davidoff. Davidoff. 
So yeah. God forbid you pronounce it the wrong way, you uh, might not get in. <laughs> yeah, you want to talk about excellent branding. That is uh, one company that has absolutely done it correct. Um, yeah, they're they're a they're a phenomenal cigar and a even more phenomenal company. Yeah, they're so consistent. I mean, it's just so consistently good. And I'm I'm a type A personality. I'm always on the go. My mind is always racing five zillion miles an hour. And there are very few things that I engage in that just completely make me unplug. And one of those things is smoking a nice cigar for an hour. I don't think about a care in the world. There's nothing that enters my brain. I just, you know, watch watch the smoke and the ash, and I'm like in heaven. It's just, for me, it's a wonderful way to unplug. Absolutely. I, I 100% agree. I mean, you think about camping, to make a poor analogy, but, I mean, you just sit there and stare into a fire, correct? I mean, your mind just kind of goes blank, and uh, you just stare at the fire, the embers flying up, the smoke, all, all of those things, it's, it's very similar to a, a cigar in a controlled environment. You know, not so much in, in the backyard mowing the lawn, but uh, if you're in a controlled environment, you know, listening to a nice song, uh, reading a good book, what have you. Uh, right. The cigar is absolutely uh, uh, very uh, therapeutic. Yep. And plus, it forces me to be outside. I mean, I, I suppose you could smoke inside if you want to stink up the house for three days. But I usually go out on the patio, and you know, sometimes in the winter, you know, you light a little campfire out there, and you know, a fire pit or whatever. And it's just—it's really just a very nice, relaxing way to just completely let the world go by. It'll wait till tomorrow. <laughs> a little tip: if you do want to smoke in the house, just. Uh burn an incense with it okay at the same time or afterwards at the same time it it, it it's not the most you know I, well, I mean some people like the aroma uh i i particularly don't but uh, uh if you do like it then uh, it does it goes a long way to subdue the cigar smoke yeah while we're on the subject of ash I like to, yeah, I'm a control freak, okay, so I like to see how long I can get the ash before I have to flick it. So if I can get it to an inch or better, I'm very happy without spilling it all over myself. My husband, on the other hand, like every other puff, he's like flicking it on the ashtray. So yeah. what's right? Should the toilet paper be up or the toilet paper be down? Is there a right and wrong way to do the ash? Uh, you know, I, I would... I would recommend just allowing it to burn, you know, puffing on the cigar once every 30 seconds to a minute, every couple of minutes. Um, if it's a well-constructed cigar, uh, the ash is going to hang in there for, for a good while. I, you know, I see people having contests online to see how who can make the longest ash, and, and uh, they kind of make a game out of it. Uh, but I typically recommend... Just allow the ash to fall when it falls, uh, you know, unless you're wearing all black and, and at an event or something. Even then, it dusts off if you happen to drop it. Yeah. But typically, it'll, it'll just drop off in the ashtray, and, and it, it'll tell you when it's time. You, you nice. Don't have, you don't have to. It's not a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it typically, it doesn't burn you or burn a hole through your clothes and and like you say it's pretty harmless you can just dust it right off it doesn't usually it doesn't create a stain in my clothes or anything so no it's pretty not, harmless yeah i've not seen any any cigar stains and i've been smoking for 25 years now scott riddle riddle me this why is it that some cigar smokers want to smoke their cigar in their car I mean, isn't that the anti, I mean, the whole purpose of smoking a cigar is, you know, relaxation. And it seems like, you know, when you're on the road, you're stressed out, stressed out, you're honking at other drivers, you're weaving in and out. And isn't that the antithesis of smoking a cigar? I don't get it. Uh, you know, for all the reasons you just named, uh, might be the reason they're smoking in their car. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I used to refer, you know, 
my new car has cloth interior, so I don't smoke cigars in it. But my old car had leather interior, so I called it my mobile lounge. You know, I was in traffic most of the day, so I, if I had a cigar that I hadn't tried yet, and, you know, I just was brainstorming for blends or what have you. I'll, I'll sit there and give a cigar a try, and if not, then you know, say la vie, it's out the window. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it it. It's preference. I mean, you know, some guys, that's what they want to do. They want to smoke in the car. Uh, you can be engaged in the car, but not not typically. You're a little distracted, like you said. Um, so depending on, on what's the goal, uh, if it's relaxation, uh, then, yeah, sure, I, I get it. <laughs> you know, you just need that, that nicotine and that, that settling uh calming that a cigar will give you uh, versus uh, if you're really trying to analyze the cigar, the blend. Mm -hmm. uh, Probably not the best environment for it. So is there any uh, typical cigar etiquette, would you say? Are there any faux pas that a new user shouldn't do? Um, I I would say never use a Bic lighter uh, steer. (laughs) Tear clear of uh, of uh, matches unless they're long, specifically cigar matches. You know, long right. uh, cedar sticks, so that you can allow the sulfur to burn off and then begin to light the the cigar. Uh, when you clip the cigar uh, in order to smoke it, mm-hmm. I, I see this mistake uh, a lot, and and that's where guys just sit there with the cutter and literally cut half of the end of the cigar off Um, you don't really want to do that you just typically you'll see if it's a a regular capped cigar it'll have three distinct lines around the cigar around the okay the the cap of the cigar that very last little cap at the top you just literally need to shave it so that you can see the filler the minute you see the filler you should be good Um, if the cigar is a little plugged I typically just massage the end of the cigar um, so that you can get a better draw. Uh, you might need to cut it a little bit deeper. And when I say a little bit deeper, I'm talking, uh, you know, a sixteenth of an inch. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really doesn't need much. Um, now, a torpedo, a little bit different. It's, it's designed to obviously cut uh, the end of the cigar off. But again, that goes to mouthfeel, um, what, what size uh gauge you want in your mouth you can cut it all the way down to a you know a 40 ring gauge at the at the point uh, and if you can draw on it it's just as good uh, if you can't you might need to clip it a little more to say a 42 or a, a 46 ring gauge uh, but you've got the flexibility in there to do that um, so I, I would do that uh, another etiquette like if you're in somebody's humidor uh, you know don't don't sit there and grab every single cigar. Uh, you know, don't take, manhandle them, in other words. Don't don't manhandle them unless you're <laughs> you know how to handle a cigar. Yeah. Uh, have your the, white have your white gloves on or something. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, you can. It's yeah. still, you know, it's still a a, a product that requires touching. Um, yeah. Just how you handle the cigar is important. If you can grab it by the band, grab it by the band. Um, right. If, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or 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 ask the host permission. May well, I? And before you start I, grabbing at things. That's always great etiquette. Uh, ask the store owner. You know, do you mind if I pick up cigars? And most of them aren't going to mind. Some of them may have had some bad experiences with a bunch of broken wrappers and, and what have you, uh, and they might be a little more particular. Uh, and then a lot of cigars are in cellophane, and I'll see guys just you know pull it out of the cellophane and look at the cigars. Like if you're, and again, you asked about beginners. So if you're a beginner, there's nothing you're going to gain by pulling the cigar out of the cellophane and looking at it because you don't know what you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Uh, then ask somebody. There might be somebody in the humidor that that knows a little bit about it. You know, hey, which which cigar might you recommend? I'm a beginner. I haven't I've never smoked. And most guys are going to be very uh, forthcoming and give you a myriad of opinions. And some guys are going to be very educated and tell you, you know, well, what 
you know, what kind of food do you like? What do you normally drink? What do you, you know, and, 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 uh, figure on a, on a particular brand or, or, or a blend that, that they might like. Um, and that's kind of how I blend anyway is it's for the aficionado both and the, uh, the novice. It's, it's a mild enough blend on the palate that the uh, inexperienced smoker, it's not going to be offensive. In fact, he'll probably like it. And the aficionado who retrohales, who really gets into the complexity of the cigar, is, is very much going to also enjoy it. Gotcha. Let's talk talk a little bit about accessories as well. I personally like a what I call a guillotine cut, mm-hmm. and if I'm out of town and I didn't bring accessories with me, I'll just take a single blade razor and just do a X marks the spot. That's what I like. My husband happens to uh, like the punch where you're boring a hole into the uh, butt end of the cigar. Is there a, a, a right or a wrong or you know do you have a preference with regard maybe there's a preference according to what type of cigar you're smoking or um, would you say it's more of an individual preference it, it's absolutely an individual preference i typically shy away from guillotines they uh unless it's double bladed if it's double bladed that's fine if it's a guillotine with a single blade you know up against plastic unless that thing is razor razor sharp mm-hmm. uh, you're likely to damage the the end of the cigar. I typically, being a cigar maker, I take my fingernails and pinch a, a, a hole in the. Oh cap. wow! Yeah. So. By I, the I, way, I have been known to send off um, my cigar cutters to the sharpener, so oh. I do that every few years. So yeah, they can pull it all apart and, and sharpen that part, so it is razor sharp. Exactly, and there's a lot of companies out there that they give lifetime guarantees. So the minute it it starts to not cut. You can send it back in and they'll replace it. Mm-hmm. I think Zycar is one. And, and uh, 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 gosh, who's the other? I can't think of it right now. It's okay. Zycar is another one. Yeah. So you just take your finger and just peel back some of the uh, wrapping. Is that what you do? I just literally, your husband prefers a punch. So yeah. I, I just, with my fingernails create a punch and then just pull the, the, that area off. So I'll cut it with my fingernail, you know, just an almost yeah. a circle and pinch it right out. Gotcha. Yeah. Now what happens in the instance, I'm going to shift gears on you. Sorry. Uh, what happens in the in- instance when you have two cigars, they're from the same batch. They obviously are the same cigar mm-hmm. and one person has an enjoyable smoke and the other person has a really tough time with withdrawing. Um, you know, it's a really hard pull. Why yeah. is that? It's the uh, same cigar. It's sitting sure. in the same humidor or came from the same box, so to speak. So why does that happen? Absolutely. It's a handmade product. So, uh, you know, if you're doing a, let's just for conversation's sake, say a 3,000 cigar order, um, mm-hmm. you might have, four or five different rollers working on that particular blend at the same time. Uh, and one buncher just, you know, maybe he twisted the bunch as he was wrapping it or as he was binding it. Um, and then it got wrapped. You can't really see it. Um, what we'll typically do during quality control is once the cigar is wrapped, uh, we'll walk up and we'll pull a random cigar out of the, out of the, uh, out of the group, out of the muscle, we call it, or and we'll uh, draw test it. So we'll cut it, put it on a, either a draw testing machine, or we'll just smoke it and see how it's smoking. Uh, and typically, uh, one roller, if they're having a, a problem uh, with twisting or something, it's going to carry through to a lot of their cigars, and so we can identify the problem, correct it, and, and go, but sometimes, you know, you'll get the, the oddball cigars that they get through. Either mm-hmm. there was too much tobacco or they twisted it or, or what have you. It just wasn't quite right. Does the c- consumer have the right to complain? Not that I've ever done this, but, I mean, can the consumer go back to the cigar store or the manufacturer and say, hey, look, this was a dud? 
Absolutely, absolutely. I encourage people, you know, if they get a bad cigar out of mine, uh, tell me the store. I'll go to the store. I'll replace either the whole box or I'll replace, you know, I'll hand the the, the uh, store owner a handful of cigars and, and check what he's got there. Um, or I'll, I'll directly mail to the consumer a, a couple of replacements. So mm. I... I it's important to me. We roll everything by hand, and you're going to get that occasionally. And most people, you know, they understand, and they're really nice about it. But, I mean, when you're talking about a cigar that you're paying, you know, 8 $9 for, uh, and if you're buying a box of 20 and you've got one or two or even three tight cigars, that can be frustrating. And you're spending, you know, $200 for a box of cigars. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't like to leave people with a bad experience. Gotcha. I like that. Good customer service. Mm-hmm. Makes, it makes for a good repeat, happy customer. Absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about paraphernalia. Back in the day with my humidor, I used to have to pay attention to the water level, and I used to have to use like the little dropper with the distilled water to keep refilling, replenishing the humidor. And then I discovered those crystals. So my must-have are those crystals are a miracle. <laughs> I love them. What are some of your uh, must-have paraphernalia items that you would recommend to our listeners? Um, I, you know, aside from the paraphernalia, if you have a good Spanish cedar humidor or, mm-hmm. or even just a cedar humidor, uh, I don't, you know, typically a lot of guys know this, but there are a surprising amount of guys that don't know this. They need to season the humidor every six months or so, depending on the climate they're in. If you're in Arizona yeah. or a dry climate, even California in a lot of places, uh, you know, the, the wood will literally, uh, it, it's looking for moisture. So it will draw moisture anywhere it can get it. And most of the time that's your cigars. So if, You've not seasoned the humidor, uh, and it is pulling uh, moisture out of your cigars. And you know you're pulling your cigars out, and they're dried or cracked, or and you can't figure out. You know you're like, well, I've had this thing in the humidor for a couple of weeks. Well, the the conditions in your humidor are not right, and it'll even read uh, like it's the the correct humidity, but it but it isn't. I suggest pulling all your cigars out, putting them in a Ziploc bag wiping down the entire inside anywhere there's cedar wipe it down with distilled water close mm-hmm. leave it for 24 hours reopen it do the same thing two or three times then put the cigars back in and you shouldn't have a problem after that um that so that's for that uh, other than that I, most important to me is is the cedar the uh the type of cedar that you're aging your cigars in Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I highly recommend Spanish cedar, especially if you're an aficionado and you, you really enjoy your cigars. Uh, the Spanish cedar adds a layer of flavor that cannot be duplicated. Um, it, it's a pretty, pretty must-have if you're, if you're an aficionado. Hmm. Sounds good. Is there any way out of um, curing a cigar that might have matched uh, damage in what way? Well, I know sometimes the the wrappers are kind of falling apart. I, I had one cigar smoking friend just say, "I would just chop it off, like chop off those last two inches, and just start from here." That was the way that he handled it. But are there ways to rehabilitate a, a damaged cigar, or you're pretty much dead in the woods? I mean, I don't know, wrapping it in distilled water, or is there some other mechanism that you can do to help help it, help nurse it? Uh, you can try to repair it with fruit pectin, um, you know, which is the glue that we use uh, when wrapping uh, cigars. And when we apply the, the bands, we use a, a fruit pectin, which acts like a glue. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can you can try that if you can get your hands on it. Um, but uh, other than that, it's you kind of write it off as a loss. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. And... Um what would you say causes the cigar to have an uneven burn? Um, 
I seem to have pretty good luck with the cigars that I smoke. And if I see that one side, the left side is burning too quickly, I'll just kind of roll it maybe a quarter turn until I get it even again. My husband is always constantly complaining that one side's burning <laughs> while the other side is not. Is what he, causes that? Uh, there's, there's several reasons. If you're, if you're in a controlled environment, uh, typically, like you said, you can just rotate the cigar, roll it. Um, if you're not, you know, if you're not drawing on it pretty consistently, mm-hmm. uh, just roll it. Maybe touch it up with your lighter, and, and you should be fine. But there should be a comb on okay. that cigar, and it should come to a point. You know, it should look like a, a, a dull pencil. Um, you know, it comes to a little bit of a point in the center if it's been constructed properly, and then it should burn evenly. So. As long as the seco, the viso, and the ligero have been been uh, properly bunched, you shouldn't have a problem. If you if the roller bunched it with the ligero on one side and the filler's a little bit off, you, you might get what's called spooning, like what you're describing. One one side is just really, uh, you know, it's not burning nearly as as uh, evenly as the other. Gotcha. If you've just joined us, you're currently listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. We're currently talking to my guest today, Scott De La Pena. We're talking about the world of cigars. He comes to us from his company, Hermosa Cigars. He's a manufacturer and a provider of cigars. Um, by the way, before we hop back on, I wanted to announce to my audience that I'm going to be at the L.A. Times Festival of Books that's coming up Saturday and Sunday, April 22nd and 23rd from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. We're going to be at booth 933. That's booth 933. Uh, that's at the uh, USC campus in downtown L.A., Saturday, Sunday, April 22nd and 23rd. Come by and say hi. I'll sign your book and we'll take uh, social media pics, selfies, whatever, and uh, I'd love to meet you. All right, Scott, we're just uh, winding down the hour. Um, We have about uh, 20, 30 seconds left. Um, Somebody was uh, asking me about the uh, cancer scare. Uh, You know, of course, over the decades, uh, we now know for sure because they lost the court case that cigarettes cause cancer. Is it a myth that cigars cause cancer? Um, I, you know, anything from fast food to uh, too much soda can cause cancer. The, the key is, is uh, moderation in everything that you do. Thank you so much, Scott, for joining us today. We welcome you back again. And uh, thanks to my listening audience. We'll see you each and every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Thank you for joining the Men's Advocate Show.